Welcome to CDCR Unlocked. I'm Joe Orlando. And I'm Tessa Outhuis. And this week we're talking about recruitment. Funny we're talking about that, Tessa, because I was a part of the CDCR recruitment unit from 2017 to 2019. And I can tell you at most of those events, representatives from the Peace Officer Selection and Employee Development or POSE group, they were there and they were recruiting correctional officers. That's right. And we have a lot of retirements and promotions going on right now. Congratulations to everybody. But that means we have a lot of positions opening up, up to 2,000 that we want to fill in the next year. So Sergeant Corey Ringer spoke with Captain Dennis McTaggart about how to fast track the hiring process and Cadet Esmeralda Rodriguez about what inspired her to start training. Let's listen in. Hello, everyone. I'm Sergeant Corey Ringer with the Department of Corrections and Rehabilitation based out of Advanced Learning Institute in Rancho Cordova. Today we're going to be going over recruiting for the Department of Corrections. And with me today, I have some different viewpoints. I have Captain Dennis McTaggart. Hello. I have Cadet Esmeralda Rodriguez. Hello. And that way we get someone who has been in the department for a good amount of years, left and then came back to us, and someone who's just in the process to get that viewpoint of what it was like to go through it, you know, recently. Um, Dennis, how many staff are we looking to to hire as officers in the next year? We're looking to hire 2,000. Yeah, and that has to do with promotions, you know, every, every classification from CO, they're trying to promote to sergeant, maybe parole agent, uh, any different of the units that we have within CDCR promoting to or moving to and filling those vacancies behind those COs that are leaving or, or moving up. And then the other issue is uh, re- the uh, retirements, people yeah. retiring, reaching full term. The retirements, is that um, is there a big spike because of the amount of prisons we opened up in the late 80s and early 90s and all that right now? I would say that that, that has something to do with it, but it's yeah, people that, uh, you know, starting in my era when I started in 1990 right. that are all reaching that, you know, 30 years, 25 years, 30 years. So for part of our recruitment base, because I know when I came in, it was a lot different um, as far as how we're reaching out to people. Um, You know, there was, I applied basically when I saw that they were hiring. I went down, took a test, waited for the letter to come in the mail, if I passed or not, then did the physical later on. How have we um, streamlined that process or have we done things to streamline that process to make it a little bit quicker and easier? Well, starting with recruitment, uh, since I've been the captain of backgrounds, man, we're leaps and bounds ahead of that. We do so much. You know, that's why we're doing this podcast yep. um, and other podcasts that have been completed. Having uh, email, uh, not emails, but uh, commercials, right, uh, announcements at different venues, whether it be sports, some type of athletics, whether it be uh, PBR, right? Professional bull riding events, yeah. uh, basketball events, baseball events, uh, everything. Just Facebook blast, everything, putting it out there, Instagram, everywhere. And I have to say that our, our manager, too, doing that has done an exceptional job of getting it done. And it and it's hit hit the, the numbers that we're getting that are of applications that are coming in nowadays compared to what we were just six months ago. Has, yeah. it's, it's doubled. That's great. Yeah, and it's... It's great to get our word out there. Like I said, it was it was hard to find out when the department was hiring when I came in, and I started the application process in 2003. And um, yeah, everything was by mail. You had yeah. to find out by mail. Yeah. There was no, yeah. there was you know, internet was school. in its infancy. <laughs> like 
I don't know what's next. People would always ask questions, yeah. and yeah, that's great. Yeah, email blasts and text messages. Um, when I started in 1990, there, there was no advertisement. I just... Yeah. Uh, How'd you find wanted, out about it? Yeah, I just wanted to get into law enforcement, so I started Googling, you know, and thought, all right, well, let me try corrections. I applied it at a couple other agencies, and Stockton PD uh, was going into their backgrounds, and CDCR called me up and said, hey, we got a start date for you, and I'm like, cool, let's go. Yeah, this is the first one they called back. Yeah. Like, I'm starting there. Yeah. That's awesome. I've been part of a, a couple of things. We have these uh, jumpstart events. Um, how does that process take place? Like what, what exactly is a jumpstart event if somebody were to hear about it? So the jumpstart event is uh, the changes we've made in this process that we're trying to expedite and move forward. All agencies these days are having troubles hiring and, and maintaining staff. So, or just the, you know, the number of staff that we need to have to, to run a prison or run whatever units there we're filling. That being said that there's, there's, um, the jumpstart where they are getting, uh, all in one, right. They're going and doing their, they'll submit their application. Once they submit their application, they get a written test date and a physical fitness date at the same time. So that whole one day they're doing both of those events. And then we've even added to that where we're doing, on my side of it with the testing unit collaborating to add the live scan and ESOF entry, right? So earlier this year or last year, um, January, 2021, we obtained the ESOF, right? The electronic statement of personal history. And it's an electronic product that's database system that's used to do the background investigations. Oh, wow. And that has tremendously speed sped up what we're doing. So we try to do all, all four of those. When we get applicants that apply, they get them scheduled for the written and for the PFT. We also come in from staff from my unit to do live scan and do enter them into ESOF. So we send them the codes that they need to access the links. We send that to them, and they go ahead and get logged on and create their profile, and then all they have to do is go in and add all their information. And it's a, the, the, you know, so you're talking one day we're doing all those things when before you'd you'd apply, a month later you'd do a written test. A month later you'd get a PFT. A month later yeah. you'd get a live scan, right? A month later or whatever time after your live scan came in, then we'd start ESOF. We can't really afford to wait that time anymore. We have to keep up with all the other agencies out there right. that are trying to take our, our employees. Yeah, yeah they'll, they'll, to they'll snag them too. Yeah. So, uh, you know, jumpstart and fast track, it's, it's tremendous leaps and bounds that we've made in, in the background unit. Yeah, that was the biggest part. I remember was every day I had to go down and check the mail. Yeah, and I, I didn't didn't want to leave the house, be too far away, because what if I get the letter and it's got a date and, you yeah. know, yeah, it was it was hard to find out. And or when you did call backgrounds, like, hey, I'm just calling. Where's my, where am I at in the process? And you know, there were there were a lot of questions you couldn't really get answers to. Yeah, um, well, <laughs> that's funny. Uh, and I say that because. Uh, yeah, people back then weren't so much, the phone etiquette wasn't the greatest. Now, you know, that's what we drive for is customer service. Right. In all aspects of the, you know, in the recruitment process, testing process, background, psych and medical, we, we're striving to, to meet the customer's needs. And that's what we consider them, their customers, until they become our partners and our brothers and sisters in, yeah. in this environment. But we have, to, uh, we have to advance. We have to move forward. And it's funny because, yeah, I, I, I started the, applying in 1988 and didn't actually get hired on until 1990. So, yeah. you know, going two years, just waiting and waiting for a phone call. And if you called, they're like, 
don't bother me. Right, right. Yeah, right. We, That's we, we, pretty we, much what I got yeah, too. <laughs> you know, and I hate to say that, but but we've changed, right? Yeah. We're definitely trying to, you know, I don't know if their sergeant reached out to you, but I'm sure they did. But that's my expectation of my sergeants nowadays is reach out to the applicant, let them know that you're their background investigator, let them know what you need, you know, and if they're not getting it in a few days, if they're not act- actively going into the ESOF and uh, inputting their information, then you need to, to stay on them. You need to continue yeah. to hit them with emails or uh, we can even text through teams now. You know, that's right. It's awesome. The, the, with the tech, you know, it's not so much a personal thing anymore, uh, I guess, so to speak, because we're doing all that electronics, you know, using all that, but it's a tech world nowadays. It, it dramatically is a tech world. And that's, yeah, I remember when I called, they just gave me a kind of a blanket number. And, um, when I called, I got a hold of somebody who was like, I'm not even your background investigator. I'm like, I'm just trying to talk to someone. Yeah. I just want to figure out what else I got to do. Yeah. Like, how long is it going to take? Yeah. And it was like, a, hey, when, when you get the letter in the mail, that's, you'll know. And hung up, I'm like, but I know a few of the background investigators are great people to talk yeah. to. Yeah. And, um, you know, just to give you some more data on that, we started that, that process in uh, February of this year, the fast track process, where we're doing all those items yeah. in the one testing day. And um, 15 of those applicants that we had completed their background within two weeks. Two weeks. Yeah, two weeks. So they're That's moving fast. on to the certification list after two weeks or the uh, psych and med before they hit certification, psych and medical, and then moving to the cert list. So Wow. Yeah. What, was the, what was the time before? <clears throat> uh, it was a minimum of 90 days just for the background process. Minimum. Yeah. And that's just depending upon, you know, the, that, you know, when we're using mail, when we're using right, the post right. office, you know, you figure three days to get to an applicant anything that we were going to send them, three days for it to return to us if and when they they filled it out. Yeah. You know, and back then, uh, you know, if you get a, even now, if you've probably have friends that have applied and, and gotten into corrections and they, you've been one of their references, mm-hmm. you know, they send you that letter, you get it in the mail, you set it over there where you set the rest of your mail. Right, right. And, and then a week or two later, you're like, oh, darn, I didn't, I didn't fill out that reference. Let me see where I put it. Right. Right. So that's all, that's all delayed. Now with ESOF, you're, you're talking about if I'm the sergeant and the, the background investigator, and once the applicant submits their profile, then I'm going in there and I'm sending all those references electronically, right? The, the complete package to those references electronically. They could answer that within five, 10 minutes on their phone, on a tablet, on their desktop, on a laptop. They don't have to fill out anything other than type in, you know, some keystrokes or their fingers to use to type it on the, on the system. It's that easy. And it, literally in five minutes, I've done a couple of supervisory references for uh, some people that I know that are going through. And uh, yeah, literally five minutes on the phone to answer the questions, fill out the, the reference letter and send it back. That's awesome. That, that is, um, that's a huge advancement for people, especially just with, with time nowadays. It seems like, um, you know, mail stacks up, people are busy, yeah. You know, it's in the, the the fact that we're bringing technology finally into recruiting and especially the way you guys are doing it to have a that quick of a turnaround time of what you would you say in two weeks? Yes, that is that's fast. That's awesome. That's incredible. Um, what are some of the what are the steps to become a correctional officer? Like if I'm if I'm interested in the job, where do I even begin? So that uh, you can go to joincdcr.com. That's the website where it has all the information on there. It lays it out. Uh, Rosanna and her unit have done an absolutely great job of getting that uh, up to date and, and easy to, to filter through. 
So you have the application process, the written test, the physical fitness test, the backgrounds, then you have, or a PFIT, I'm sorry, after the written test, then backgrounds, psychological, the pre-employment medical, and then they go to the certification list, right? Um, and so, you know, just those are the seven steps. Are they pretty fast? Yeah, I would say that, you know, people that are trying to come into corrections, they just, if they're going to do it and that's what they're focused on, then they need to get all that. The faster they get that information to us, the faster we can get it done for them. Yeah. It's going to take time. It's a, you know, it's a big career you're stepping into. Sure. For sure. Um, so the, for the online process, obviously join CDCR. Great website to go on to. Rodriguez. Did you use that website to find out about this, or how did you find out that the department was hiring? Um, I actually found out because I have a few friends that work for corrections. Mm-hmm. Um, so they would uh, they would constantly tell me to apply because it was a great job, it had great benefits. Um, they love they love what they do. Yeah. Um, so they told me for about a year, and one day I was laying in laying in bed, and I was like, you know what? I'm going to apply today. So I went on to cdcr.com um, online and I applied on there. And I did everything online. Yeah. Uh, most of the things that I had to do were online, um, except my medical. My medical was in person. But other than that, everything that I did was online. That's yeah. great. Yeah. And that's the advantage of it. Everything, even the written test to enter, right? You can take it online. Um, so with the psych psychological exam, oh, you do really? that online. So yeah. the entry exam you can do online. Oh yeah. wow, yeah. You can schedule online. So just like you said, it, the, other than the physical and the uh, the physical fitness test itself, and the medical, you, you know, you have to show up for those. Right. Uh, but we do some some caveats on that. If you're military, current military, and you have a twelve months with um, completing your physical fitness test through the military. Yeah then we'll have a, a waiver for those folks to oh, that's awesome. not have to do the physical fitness again. Oh, that's great. Yeah. So are you saying you did your, uh, if I can ask her a question. Oh, yeah. You did your written exam online too? My written exam? Um, no, I did that in person. Okay. Yes, I did that one in person. Yeah. Uh, so we've joined with um, Proctor U to certify our exams and, uh, and conduct those online. So that's awesome. Even the psych, like I said, because that's... Uh, hundreds of questions that somebody yeah, has to answer. Yeah, I remember the psych being, uh, the, the written test was long. Then I got to the psych part, I was like, oh my God. Yeah. There was a lot of questions. Because yeah. yeah, I, I lived up in Placerville at the time, so every time I had to do something, I had to drive down to Sacramento. And it was, you know, they don't do weekends. So it was a weekday, try and find a way to get out of work, drive down, do the test, go back. And, you know, it was a, it was a, it was hard. It was a lot to go through. Yeah, and... You know, again, our customer service that we're providing now, we I can't tell you enough about. So the, I focus on that, right, as the background's captain. I focus on how many times do I want to bring an applicant to our office, right? Yeah. Because they have to have a job. You're, you have to survive or you're going to school, whatever the case may be. But the more we bring you into the office, the more it affects your daily life, right? And we're trying not to do that. We're trying to get it through it get them through it just as fast as we can and as easy as we can and be, you know, provide that customer service. So we, you know, there's some other things that are behind the scenes that I've changed around to, to make that happen. And I tell my investigators and the the supervisors all the time, get them here one time, get everything we need so they don't have to reschedule and reschedule, especially we get a lot of out of state applicants, right? And I I don't want to have somebody drive uh, from another state or have to fly, you know, and miss time. They're trying to, work and survive with their family yeah. with what they make so 
we, we try to make it as convenient as possible and try to accommodate as much as we can to get them through it as easy as we can. No, definitely. It's, a, it's expensive to make that drive nowadays. Yes. To come down yeah. for anything. Yeah. <laughs> um, awesome. So, um, Cadet Rodriguez, how's your experience been from the start of the whole process to, to where you're at now? Um, it has been a great experience. Um, not only because, like Dennis said, um, most of the stuff that I did was online. I had a job. So um, I felt like it was very convenient for me because I did not have to um, come down to Sacramento every other week to uh, do a written exam or to do my psychological or to do different steps of the process that you have to get done. Yeah. Um, I was able to do everything online. Um, I remember that uh, for ESOF, um, for my backgrounds process, when I was filling out everything, my um, my personal history, I could sit in my car and log on to my ESOF and fill out um, more information that I gathered from old jobs that I had. Yeah. Or I could just log on every other day to um, update my ESOF. And that's something that I really liked because I was working full time. So it was hard to get a day off because, you know, I had to work. I had bills to pay. So. Right. Um, that's one thing that I really enjoyed. How about the background experience, going through the background experience? Going through the backgrounds experience, um, it was great. Um, it was a little intense because it was very, it was intense and precise. You had to make sure that everything that was on your backgrounds was correct because um, you were going to get, the old jobs were going to get called, you were going to get, what is it, like references? Yeah, like a reference like check. Like a reference yeah. check. So that was pretty intense, but um, other than that, it was good because I had a very good relationship with my previous um, jobs, mm -hmm. so I could go in and have a talk with them and let them know, hey, you know what, um, I applied to this, I applied to CDCR, and they're going to be sending you out, sending you an email, um, please, you know, make sure that you check your emails daily. I had that relationship with my old jobs and my old managers that I was blessed enough to be able to either um, text them or call them or even go in because I didn't live too far from pre previous jobs to let them know about my backgrounds. Um, and that's one thing that I was very uh, fortunate to have. That's good. Um, yes. That's awesome. Yeah, I know it's, yeah, that's huge that they're, they're on top of that and, you know, responsive to the, to the messages when they come in. Like I had one, one employer that they kept trying to get a hold of, get a hold of and, he wasn't responding to much of anything. I know it slowed it up a little bit, but not too much because there was nothing, nothing to flag or, no or wave. Yeah, there, yeah, there was no issues with it. Yeah, that's it just one of the hardest longer. things. One of the hardest things is employers. Yeah, like, just getting them to respond, and even sometimes references. But again, like I said, with ESOF and what she just mentioned, yeah, we send it out via email and the, to their supervisors or to their HR departments. Uh, for wherever, whatever employments they had, and it, it just makes it so much easier than having to go through the U.S. mail. Yeah, oh, yeah, for sure. It's a lot quicker. <laughs> um, Captain Tech, you're, or, you're talking a lot about, you know, changes that we've made in the hiring process, um, things that we've done to make it easier. The department itself, though, is changed dramatically, obviously, since you came in and since I've, since I've entered. When I came in, there was a lot of... Um, 
you're going to get compliance by whatever means necessary. If you tell, you know, one of the offenders to do something, you're going to make them do it. Um, what are some of the changes that you've seen over the years as far as our mission and vision with the department? Well, if I think of what your question is, is it the rehabilitative part of the yeah. department, how we've changed there. Um, yeah, there's been tons of changes there. There, there's, it's it's about how we can change that community that we work in and how we provide examples for them on how to live and survive in the world successfully, right? To be to be out there and be successful, getting a job, maintaining a job, right? Uh, affording what you want to do for your lifestyle. <clears throat> so that's the changes there. Yeah, since I came in and even 1990, there there rehabilitation was anything it's what you just said right, right. we're going to get compliance um but with the changes in in moving forward yeah, we we have to change you know, the department has to change as we move forward and if we don't it's it's not going to last right i'd rather <clears throat> someone try to better themselves and be released from an institution than someone who really just they kind of um become better criminals sometimes and that's obviously not going to benefit anybody absolutely um Cadet Rodriguez, how do you have you taken any classes yet so far on on that type of stuff yet? Um, I have uh, one of the classes that I have taken so far was um, adding the R in CDC, mm-hmm. so rehabilitation. Um, they talked about a lot of programs that in the the state prisons or the institutions now offer, um, and it was really nice to hear that. Because now what we're doing is when you start working on an institution, you are working there to help rehabilitate Mm -hmm. the offenders. Um, So it's really nice to hear that. It's not only about compliance. It's about helping the offenders um, become better because they are going to get out and go into our communities. They're Mm -hmm. going to either live next to us. They're going to have family members that live next to us. And what we want is when they get out of the institution, we want them to be, uh, become better people. We want to be able to, um, feel safe around them. And it's nice to hear about the programs that they now offer. Um, what are some of the programs that they offer right now? They offer, they offer pretty much everything. Everything. Yes. When I went to CIM, they actually have a underwater, dive program there so they can learn how to become underwater welders which is mm-hmm. yeah, it's a, a top job that is a yeah, yeah that's a that's a, a money-making job but i've known a lot of guys that got out did welding woodworking um computer work mm-hmm. uh, th- there's education classrooms for yes. people that get degrees there's a lot of programs yeah, a lot, offered a inside. Of, a lot of the college colleges now coming in providing a, a college online college for yep. the, for the uh offenders and you know they have the ability to use a tablet Right to do right. that work in, mm-hmm. uh, of course, monitored to a certain degree, right? Yeah. But, but they have it available for them. No, that's definitely something you know. Looking, looking back over, you know, a re- re- relatively long career um, was your ability as an officer, and that's something that you're going to learn when you go in there. Um, people can bark orders all day long, try and get their way, but you know, one good way is to look at is if your boss was that way, do you want to listen to him? It kind of makes you want to be away from it's the same way as going inside and the biggest thing i say is you have to learn in this job how to communicate with absolutely all different groups different facets different generations yeah um genders. you know yeah genders all of it um 
Folsom, we opened up a women's facility and that was a big change um, for us is how do we, how do we navigate that field as well? So definitely moving forward. I think the best piece of advice, you know, I could ever drop down to people is just pay attention. Don't, don't forget your surroundings and where you're working, but just remember like, you know, the, the ability to speak to somebody is the pays dividends down the road. I'm not here to further punish. I'm just here to make sure that you, you get the opportunity to go to all the things you need to and watch you and try and keep a safe and humane environment while we're inside and communicate. That's funny you say that we're not here to punish because uh, that's a lot of people. Right? That was a mentality back in the day. It was. That, uh, yeah, you're here now and you're going to suffer, right? Your, right? your consequences in here. And so I have a question for you. When you, when you thought about coming into corrections, did, did you think that you would be a part of that, that you would have some uh, uh, trying to educate people in how they should be out there in the community to work and be successful? Um, yes, I did. I didn't really think about compliance. I thought more about rehabilitation. Um, I knew that working in an institution, you were going to be like a mentor. You were gonna, yeah, or an example. I never really thought about um, anything negative, and a lot of people think negative, and it is. You can think that, but if you go in with a positive um, mindset, you'll be able to not only help the offenders, but you know, make your working environment a lot easier as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. No, it, communication and having a prison where, you know, when I got to Folsom, I learned a lot more about program opportunities and learning how to speak because there's a lot of inmates out, you know, or offenders out all the time. And I really enjoyed it there. There was, you know, you, you'd find out this guy's favorite sports team or whatever when they would lose. And, you know, there'd be a little banter back and forth, but it was, I'd also known them for, I didn't realize it until I left. I'd known some of those guys for 14 years. Yeah, 14 years I've been around them at that particular institution that, um, you know, communication's key. Like I said, I'm not here to punish anymore. Those were, mm-hmm. those days are old and gone. Some people are like, well, they should just be breaking rocks and doing, you Working know, it's, hard. yeah, it's like, <laughs> it doesn't work though. If people leave with the same skills that got them into prison, when they leave, if they don't do something to further themselves or realize what they're capable of, then they're going to return to society no better. And I've known guys that could draw amazing artists never knew they could draw until he went to prison. I'm like, what a lost art. Yeah. You know? And um, yeah, that's definitely what our goal is now is try and educate further betterment themselves. And in the long run, it's going to benefit society. They can go out and be moms, productive dads, all of that stuff. Absolutely. What advice this is a question for both of you. Um, what advice would you give to someone thinking about joining CDCR as an officer? What advice do you have, uh, Cadet Rodriguez? Um, my advice to someone that wants to apply to CDCR is to prepare yourself. So from the initial application submission, prepare yourself physically and mentally. Because when you get to the academy, there is a lot of physical work that you're going to do here. Um, they're going to prepare you physically. And when you get here, it's a complete different community. You're going to walk in to the academy and you're going to, you're going to be blown away of how different the academy is. This is not, how do I explain this? This is not 
your normal everyday life. You're going right. to come in here and there's going to be a lot of changes. So prepare yourself for the changes. Prepare yourself for the challenges. There, It's going to be a little challenging, but it's all going to be worth it. Yeah. The three weeks that I've been here, I've been challenged. But one thing is I've been challenged, but I've overcome those challenges because I have that mentality that I can do it. It's different. It is. It's going to be different here. Yeah. But if you want to be an officer, it takes a lot of work. It's not going to come easy. Yeah. As long as you prepare, as long as you study, um, you take notes, you'll be okay. So my advice to someone wanting to apply to CDCR is from the initial sub, uh, application submission, just prepare yourself physically and mentally. Yeah, and be open to and, it. Yes. You yeah. know, because I know a lot of the um, cadet, uh, uh, sergeants down here at the academy too, is we're not setting you up to, they're never setting you up to fail. It's to learn. And it's, mm -hmm. you know, some people have a hard time with that. Like, why are they always on me? Because they, one thing for sure is we want you to succeed. Mm -hmm. And we want you to be ready for when you go inside those walls or those gates as, as best we can. That's awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. It's, uh, it's I mean, I would tell anybody, do it, right? If you're thinking about it, do it. You can always come to the, you know, if you make it to the academy and get here, then, uh, you know, if it's for you, you'll know. And if it's not for you, you'll know. And that's fine if it's not for you. We're yep. okay with that, right? A hundred percent. We're okay with going through the process up to that point and you deciding it's not for you. We want somebody to, if they de, if they decide that before they get into that environment and deal with that environment because mm -hmm. as as the cadet said it it's definitely different right it's not like going to high school it's not like being in college it's not like just having a regular job where you're working eight to five yes you may be working eight to five type of hours but uh, you know we get paid definitely for what we may have to do 100%. just like any other law enforcement agency um, so I would say that if you're thinking about it do it. You know, we need the people. We're here doing these recruitment videos and we're doing podcasts and all that because we definitely have positions to fill and have a need for new uh, correctional officers coming in. Now, the promotional opportunities in our department, um, especially right now with all the the um, attrition through retirements, people promoting, it's people are moving up the ladders. And there, there's such a broad spectrum of things that we offer in the department, which you know, this podcast is the start of bringing a lot of those to light. Um, all the different divisions we have, units, you name yeah. a job, and we, we practically have it. Yeah, I think the only thing we don't do is, like, fly helicopters or, or airplanes. Yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. like, pretty much about it that we don't we don't operate and do in this department. But we have staff that will fly in, a, in a planes all the time, right? Oh, yeah, no, yeah. I was never allowed to go on the... Uh, the um, the helicopter from high desert. I always, I was, I, you know, I kind of missed out on that. Yeah. Would have liked to have gone. <laughs> I rode on a helicopter one time through a CERT program. Uh, oh yeah. Some training. Yeah. It was fun, but it's uh, there. Yeah. You're right. There's so many different opportunities that, you know, don't just look at the correctional officer classification, you know, get in, you know, you could get your two years in, get through your, your apprenticeship program. And uh, man, there's, it's limitless. There's, you know, you said paroles, uh, transportation, Yep. You know, extradition, counseling, there's just so many different avenues to go. That yep. Even if you choose that, you know, you go through this process and you get there and you're, yeah, I don't really like this custody environment. We have so much non-custody work also to do. Oh, yeah. That there's, yeah, it's available for. No, and it's definitely, you know, if this job's not for you, it's not wasting anybody's time. No. I've heard people like, well, I don't want to waste people's time. Like, you don't know until you go in 
And we've had people that thought that, like, I don't know if I'll be able to do this. And they love it. Yeah. Absolutely love this job, love the career, love the path. And, um, you know, it changed their world. So awesome. Well, I can tell you that I have, out of five kids, I have three kids in the apartment. So that has to tell you something. Right. right? <laughs> it's stable. It's a stable <laughs> career. That's for sure. Yeah. Awesome. And the website again, one more time for joining CDCR. JoinCDCR.com. JoinCDCR.com. And it's got everything on there. Take your tests online, get 80, 90% of your work done online and, you don't have to miss work. You don't have to inconvenience family by being gone. Or if you've got kids, you know, you can still do it even when they're around. Yeah. That's an awesome absolutely. process. Well, I want to thank you both very much for joining us today and getting the word out about our recruitment, you know, efforts right now. CDCR is hiring. And like we said, we have a limitless amount of jobs that someone can go into, different classifications, fields. While the prison's the main part of the tree, we have a lot of branches that go out to a lot Absolutely. of different things. Absolutely. And anywhere in the state of California. Yeah. Yeah. You can work in the mountains to the, to to the, the desert. desert, to the, anywhere to the coast. Yeah. We have, we're everywhere. <laughs> it's a great department. Well, again, Captain um, McTaggart, thank you so much for coming down here today. My pleasure. Cadet Rodriguez, thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule here at the Academy. I know you've got a CASIT, which is a, a tour of one of the institutions. Which institution are you going to? Uh, Mill Creek. Mill Creek? Mill Creek State Prison, yes. Oh, that's a great prison. You'll like your tour there. Yeah. 270 Design, Big Yards. You'll learn a lot today. Yeah. But again. And good luck, too. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much for the opportunity. Oh, it was great. It was great having both of you here. And again, um, if you're looking to join CDCR, CD, joincdcr.com, go to the website and just check it out and apply. And it's that simple. Absolutely. All right. All right. Thank you, everyone. So good to hear about these jumpstart events. They are huge because there was a time 10, 15, 20 years ago, if you wanted to be a correctional officer for CDCR, it would take months and months and months background and all the information that they needed. Now you can go to one event, one CDCR event, and they cover everything on that day, which is huge. And this isn't just about custody. There are positions available across the board. Every division and agency could benefit from your talents. For more information about our rewarding careers and great benefits and to apply, visit www.joincdcr.com. That's going to do it for CDCR Unlocked. Look for more episodes every other week. We'll see you next time.